Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. <laughs> Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doctrine. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. I am not Jimmy Fowler. I am Joe Thorne, lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, You wish you were Illinois. Jimmy Fowler. I Some, am. I, sometimes I wish because you have really good hair. Not, no, no, not good. I'm sorry. Because you have the most amazing hair that anyone has ever laid eyes on since Thank the you. days of Samson. That's a truth bomb right there. <laughs> I just want you to know. I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. So what's up, man? Nothing. Today was kind of a busy day. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get everything ready. We're heading out tomorrow. Yeah. For the Canvas Conference in Portland, Oregon. Now, are we on the same flight? Yeah. Really? Yeah, we're on the same. Wow. Well, 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 I mean, they bought my ticket. I didn't know. If you... Yeah. Okay. You know what? I just want you to know there's more than one seat on a plane. Really? So when you told me the flight number, I'm able to look and get tickets. Oh, that's cool. Are we sitting next to each other? No, that I cannot do. Oh. You're in first class, right? I'm, yeah, I'm you're, above you. Yeah, you're. I'm in, I'm Not back. only in height, but also in stature. Yeah, and uh, and status. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's gonna be fun, man. I'm looking forward to the Canvas conference. By the time this airs, it will already have happened. But uh, yeah, that's gonna be a good time. I know you've been busy, man. I mean, especially with all the photoshopping you've been doing lately. I did. Right. What? What? I, you've been doing a lot of photoshopping. People have all seen it by now. Yeah. Okay, but you know what though? Um, it's warranted. I think it. Well, it's part of that. It's part of hanging out. It's part of us having fun. I enjoy the Photoshop aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, How do you get? Aren't you like when you used to say something all the time, Jimmy? You used to say, "Hey, saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else." Yeah. So what are you saying no to while you're spending all that time photoshopping? Bathroom breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> Tiny tank. Joe cannot uh, give up the bathroom break. No, I, I do it at the same time. Really? Oh yeah, I guess you can't because you got your iPad, your iPad Pro. You just take it wherever you go. No, no, I use my phone. When I Photoshop, oh, I use it's my all on the phone. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, um, what are we going to talk about today, man? Today we're going to be talking about serving in the church. All right, all right. Serving in the church, serving as the church, um, make sure we're be the church, all that kind of church stuff. Right, church stuff, man. What now? There's a there's an old saying that I, I've heard quite a bit that eighty um, percent of the work in church gets done by twenty percent. Twenty percent of the peoples, right? Uh, how do you feel about that? I feel there's some truth to that. I mean, I, I think, well, let me rephrase that. I think uh, I've seen that as true, but I've also seen that, uh, I've seen Redeemer Fellowship in particular as almost an exception to that rule. Um, now, you know percentages at the church. What I don't. What, yeah. How many of our people are serving? How many uh, of our members are serving? Uh, 92%. Now, you're not joking when you say that, right? No, That's, no, I'm not joking because we, we check up on that, right? Yeah. Part of my role is I, I see, uh, I talk to ministry leaders, I get a, a list from them who's serving in what areas. I'm also asking them, what needs do you have as a ministry? Mm-hmm. Um, and I go through our list and I, I check and I see, all right, who's serving, who's not serving, and then where can we plug them in that? Yeah. You know, where can they best serve? And so we talk with them and, and part of it is also their membership process. Uh, their application also asks, where do you see yourself serving at? 
um, at Redeemer. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So when we're talking about serving or service, uh, what do we mean? Like big picture here. What are we talking about? I think big picture is uh, wanting, does someone have a heart to serve, not just the Lord, but serving others at the church? Okay, but what do we mean by serve? Am I not answering your question? Well, you're using the word serve to explain the service. Well, yeah, when you serve and you serve, serving is serve. So, amen. Serve when you serve, serve, you serve, and and you serve up, and you can spike that at any time. Serving really is all about delivering, you know, and giving a hundred percent maximum potential. No, I'm probably thinking one hundred and ten percent, one hundred ten percent, one hundred ten percent. So, what do we? What is? What does it mean to serve? Whether we're talking about the Lord or yeah. serving the church, I think it's when you're putting others first, okay. right? When you're putting the needs um, and wants and desires of others before your own. Okay, and that's going to take a lot of different forms, a lot of different shapes. Uh, when I think about Christian service, um, I like what you said, putting others first, uh, seeking seeking their good, seeking their benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's definitely some of the things that come to, to my mind. But what, what, are, what are just some general ways that this is a, a tangible reality? What are some common ways Christians are supposed to serve uh, in the church or mm-hmm. as the church? Uh, I think, one, being involved in the ministry of the church. So whatever your gifting is, wherever you're wired to be at, whatever your passion is, uh, there are areas within your church where you can get plugged into, whether that's uh, singing on a Sunday morning, being up front doing announcements, or you know, helping out in the children's ministry, helping out in the meal ministry, helping out in the prayer ministry. Uh, there's, there's ministries out there for you to get plugged into. But, okay, what if, though, what if there is, and there, every church has people that have different sort of personalities, mm-hmm. but let's say that there is a very socially awkward person who uh, does not do well interacting with people, especially strangers, and it's not that this is the assessment of others around them as mm-hmm. much as it is their own assessment. They just, they, um, they, they can't do it, and they don't have musical gifts or talents. They're not a teacher. Uh, they may feel like there's no place for them to serve. How, how do they find a place to plug into when much of the time we're talking about upfront kind of ministry opportunities? Yeah, I think there's some things they can be a part of, like um, one, like the prayer ministry. You know, that's kind of behind the scenes, uh, for, at least for at Redeemer. You know, we receive an email um, for the prayer chain where we're able to uh, to prayer, pray for the individual and their needs. Uh, so that's something, you know, you're not really out right. front and people don't really know that you're on it except for the the ministry leader. Um, I also think even administrative help, mm-hmm. helping out with your youth minister or your children's minister, there's a lot of administrative tasks, some photocopying, some folding, uh, some flyers, there's some, some shopping that needs to be done. You could serve in that way by assisting right. um, some of these other leaders so that they don't have to go do it. But that doesn't seem very spiritual to some people. They think they say like, man, like how I'm going to go to Costco and I'm going to buy the bottled water. I mean, I want that's how is that? That's not as good as leading little children to Jesus on Sunday. Yeah, but you're still assisting in that, right? You're still helping to create an environment where the gospel is being proclaimed. And again, it's not a, it's not about being up front. I mean, Jesus talks about that, not letting the left hand know what the right hand's doing. Yeah, uh, you're still if anything, it's more spiritual. Because you're not being recognized for it. Mm. You're not getting the, uh, the accolades That's or good. the praise for it. Uh, you're quietly and humbly, uh, humbly serving others, putting the needs of others before your own, 
um, and helping to create an atmosphere where Jesus's, where his love shines. Yeah, that's good, man. I, that's really encouraging to hear. You know, you mentioned it earlier that, you know, people ought to have a sense of passion or interest, uh, you know, really, and that comes from having a better understanding of what their spiritual gift is. You know, the Bible talks about this, that, you know, we... Well, there's also tests out there for that, so you can find your spiritual gift. Yeah, there's an online test. An online uh, test. Re- Redeemerfellowship.org slash test your gift, yo. And, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I am an apostle. Oh, <laughs> Awesome! I I I am just I couldn't believe it. All right. Well, we'll uh, we, that's actually not true. We're not big into that. But uh, the reality is, is so that wait, the, I'm not an apostle. No, that was a joke. Yeah. Why? Yeah, that's a j- joke test we give to gullible people. I think Barna has some some uh, some resources for us. The and... prosecution rests. All right. What? So. <laughs> In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So every Christian is gifted by the Holy Spirit upon their conversion. And sometimes that works in conjunction with their natural abilities and talents. Sometimes it's something brand new. It comes out of the blue. Uh, but ha- as each person has been gifted spiritually, they're supposed to serve. That's mm-hmm. the word that's used. Serve uh, the, the to and through the church. And it is really the responsibility of the local church to help people figure out what their spiritual gift is. A lot of people have no idea, and that's why that that's why they they go and they take those tests. Yeah. Jen Jen took the test. Oh, she's probably all star pastor. Pastor, yep, that's what she. See? <laughs> Jen said, "Wait a minute, this thing said I'm supposed to be a pastor." I was like, "That's why you don't take those tests, baby." Uh, she certainly has uh, many of the gifts and the talents and the mm-hmm. abilities that pastors have, uh, but she is very much a complementarian and uh, has, has no interest in being a pastor and doesn't think that's biblical. However, um, finding what your spiritual gift is is mm-hmm. a big part of it, and most even churches are ill-equipped to figure that out for people. Uh, and I think it's hard to figure out the spiritual gift part because um, it requires relationship. Yeah, It requires the... Um, many opportunities for people to plug in and to see like oh is it maybe maybe i would be good at this so trial and error right and, right. and i think being okay with that mm-hmm. you know i think uh sometimes for people it might be discouraging if they serve in an area that maybe that they're not it's not it's not a good fit for them yeah and so they feel like oh well if i can't serve here i can't serve anywhere i'm not going to do that again yeah you know uh, so being okay with trial and error. I mean, I, there's lots of ministries that I've tried. Oh yeah, and I stunk oh, at. I know. What do you mean? What? No, you don't. What are you talking about? No, I'm just I'm no affirming. I, that's not affirming. You're not supposed to affirm me. You're supposed to be like, no, Jim, you're great. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, uh, there are some ministries that you know I've tried and and not done well at, and so I've been able to find through that and with the help of others. Find those areas uh, I'm better suited for. Right, and, and this like relates to a lot of different areas of life. But I just I'm thinking back when when Jen and I were dating and then engaged and then got mar- married and went to seminary. We really came to the conclusion early on that church planting was going to be in our future, and we began to think about rural church planting. Now, wait, you hold on, wait, like like cowboy type rural? Like, well, what not, do you mean? not cow- okay, not okay, necessarily so cowboy. Fine, farm. Yeah. Like farm way out. Why? Because well, I I'd met a number of pastors mm-hmm. who had served in that context. I know that those contexts are generally underserved by uh, by churches and ministers, and I, we thought, wow, that could be really great, you know. And we, honestly, we had sort of romanticized the whole idea. Of, there ain't, what you romanticized being out in the country? Yeah, 
Yeah, you can do that. Like you, you paint a picture in your mind, like, man, we're going to know everybody in town. We're going to have a broad influence. It's going to be a smaller number, but a greater percentage of people impacted based on one church. And all right, so count. being a big fish in a small pond type. No, thing. So, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. So it's no, more of an no. arrogance on your part. No, not at all, not at all. We we just it really wanted to serve in that capacity. Well, I pastored a church for two years in a very rural context, mm-hmm. a town of one thousand, and uh, it was definitely not a good fit. Yeah, and, I can see that. <laughs> uh, I was uh, a fish out of water, and it just a big fish out of water. Uh, well, a little, fi- a little angry fish. You're like a sturgeon out of water. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a little piranha, a baby piranha. That sounds about right. Actually. Yeah, that's, was, yeah, that's about good. So yeah, trial and error is is really um, a part of it, and the, the reason this is important for us as as ministers in the church, yeah is not because we have a lot of stuff that needs to get done. Good point. We have a lot of stuff that needs to yeah, get yeah. done. We really, really do. But that's not the heart of it. No, though. no, it, it's not. And it can sometimes come off that way. A lot of churches wind up coming off that way because they I push think, it so hard. Well, I think the issue with that, though, some churches are trying to just use yes. people. Yeah. There's a reality there, right? Like, totally. And it's a hard line that you that you walk of, you know, if, if we don't have people for this ministry, then that ministry needs to close. Yeah. Right. And so you have this sense of like, okay, I got to keep all these programs, these ministries going. You know, you're just trying to draw in as many as you can, whether they're good for it or not. And they wind up overtaxing people. Yeah. You know, really compelling them to serve way beyond their capacities. That's right. And uh, and it's not healthy. And so, what when we think about serving at Redeemer, we really believe that it is first and foremost the exercise of their faith. Mm. That we want the people of God to be serving to the church and through the church, in the church, for the church, uh, and, and, and the world at large, because faith works. Faith is active, yeah. and it naturally, or it supernaturally, leads to a, a vigorous activity. George Whitfield said this, A true faith in Jesus Christ will not suffer us to be idle. No, it is an active, lively, restless principle. It fills the heart so that it cannot be easy till it is doing something for Jesus Christ. And that mm-hmm. something can be almost anything, certainly yeah. anything lawful. And we, so we want to see people plug in and serve in ways that uh, complement their gifts and their, their, their passions and their interests. But we, we know that when we aren't serving, when we aren't active, that we are then limiting ourselves in doing the very things that God has called us to do. Because all of those one another passages in Scripture— yeah. To love one another and serve one another, to forgive one another and encourage one another, to put others first. All of those one another passages are ultimately fulfilled in the local church. And that doesn't just mean on Sunday morning, of course. Mm-hmm. It means in our small groups and in our, all of our relationships. But in the local church, that's the context in which this is realized and experienced. And service is really the, the big picture idea that pushes all of it. So serving is the manifestation of one's faith. I believe so, yeah. Their faith in God, and I would also say their love for their church. Not even, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about just like the church building. Of course. You know, but I'm talking about the, the not, people. Not a lot of love for our church building. No, our, it's, it's a little janky. Thank you, thank you, God, as you saw fit. It to, is a great, thank you, Lord, for this janky <laughs> church. We were very grateful to have a building. <laughs> we, uh, we are looking forward to the hope of uh, your promise that those who have been entrusted with little, you will entrust with much more. Give us much more, God. <laughs> Maybe just one that doesn't leak when it rains. Oh, my gosh. Oh that would be gosh. awesome. It's a lot better, though, than it was before. Remember that? When you had the, the carpet down there, and it would just be soaked for 
oh, days. You'd have to sit there and you have to, to use the vacuum and clean it all up. I still have the smell of moldy carpet in my nose from years ago. I can't get it out. It's stuck in there. Gosh, it's disgusting. You want to mute your phone, dude? I, that was your phone. No, my phone doesn't vibrate. Uh, okay, mine vibrates. Fine. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, but no, I think it's also a manifestation of our love for for uh, for those around us. You know, John thirteen thirty five says this: "By this, all people will know that you are my disciples." So it's an act of faith, and it's yep. an act; it's a manifestation of our faith in God. If you have love for one another, mm-hmm. and that's that's a way that we are tangibly loving yeah. those around us uh, uh, by serving them. Through the local church. Yeah. And we have, I mean, if we're honest, uh, you know, at our church, we expect our members to serve. Um, We covenant. We covenant with each other that we will serve one another. And everybody has a different capacity at which they serve. Mm -hmm. Some people have huge bandwidth, and they can and want to serve in multiple ways. And other people are in a situation where they can only serve uh, in, in in a limited number of ways or in one way. Uh, just because of the station of life that they're in, yeah. there might be health concerns. That's right. And well, some people might not be able to because they've, they've just had a child. Right. Because you know, I want to make, you know. Absolutely. There are seasons when they just can't do you it just at all. And they're serve. just going to be served instead of serve. And that's totally okay. That's right. But able-bodied people, people that are in normal stations of life, we really do expect them to serve. I had a, I had a person who was really excited about joining years ago. And they said, man, and I know this person really well. They're like, man, I, I'm so excited to be joining. This is going to be great. And I said, awesome. Where do you think you're going to serve? And they actually said, oh, I ain't got time for that. I, I don't. I, I'm just too busy. And I said, well, then you can join the church down the street. <laughs> uh, because I knew this person. I knew yeah. that they weren't busier than anybody else. Yeah. doesn't mean that they can do what anybody else can do. That's right. But it means that they can do something. And if they don't have a heart to serve the people that they are covenanting with and worshiping yeah. with and doing life with, then I think that there is a real problem. So you you would you would mention you had related this to the evidence of our faith and, mm-hmm. and proving that we are disciples that serving is an aspect of lively faith yeah so if it's important because of all of those things is it therefore better to be serving in a vocational sense versus a volunteer sense some people would say mm-hmm. hey uh, I want to serve the Lord and. If I will glorify him more if I quit my nine to five job and do this full time in a vocational sense and be paid to minister mm-hmm. is is volunteer less than vocation when it comes to serving in the church not at all not at all I mean I think there's some uh, there's definitely I guess some perks to it right but um, I think I, I remember reading an article a few weeks ago about this that uh, for those of you that are not even serving your local church, don't even think about pastoral ministry, right? Like there's, if you're not willing to serve the people now, why are you going to serve them when you're getting a paycheck, right? That just kind of reflects something else about your heart that uh, my, right. my time is so much more valuable to, you know, than yours that the only way I'm going to serve you is if you're paying me to serve you, right? right? So it's kind of want to get that part out of the way. Um, but I, I think, uh, I don't think it's more valuable like whether you are a volunteer versus vocation, um, I think it's I think it's the same. I also think that you have more opportunities to serve because I think for those that uh, are doing it vocationally, their focus oftentimes is on the church. Their focus oftentimes is uh, is on the church and evangelism or outreach is, is sad to say almost secondary, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, they're trying to build, they're trying to, to serve, we, we're trying to meet the needs of the people, and that could really overwhelm the ministers uh, or the elders 
um, oftentimes. So I think you're in a unique position as a volunteer to where you're, you're, you're serving in a quote unquote limited capacity, but you're also now able to serve God through loving your neighbors and serving right. them through your secular vocation, recreation, That's right. and all those other areas of life that some, uh, many, maybe most vocational ministers aren't a part of. That's right. Yeah, I think you know the, this is a part of the Protestant work ethic, really. Uh, that you know the the guy that throws garbage for a living glorifies God when he does that in faith, every bit as much as the missionary glorifies God when he or she is translating the Bible into an unknown language. Um, it's if it's done by faith in accordance with God's calling on your life. If God's calling you to vocational ministry, great. Didn't pursue that. If He's not calling you to that, then don't worry about it. Yeah, Serve right. wherever you can. Well, you know, talking about vocation, we've actually got quite a few emails now mm-hmm. about bivocational ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just going to turn it over to you, Jimmy, because, you know, you are bivocational. You're, you're on staff at Redeemer mm-hmm. uh, part-time, and you also work uh, for your company. And you're doing two things at once. So talk a little bit, share some of your thoughts on, on what it means to be bivocational. Is it a good idea, a bad idea? What are the benefits yeah, um, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. You know, it's because obviously I wouldn't be doing it. It's it's hard. I think first and foremost, uh, if you're considering a bivocational ministry, I, well, let's just define that. I guess defining bivocational um, is I I just get paid to serve. I get paid to serve in a larger capacity than maybe others uh, are serving at the church while you're working. While I'm also working somewhere else. Um, so it's, it's cause I think uh, to a degree, everybody is, is quote unquote, the difference or is bivocational. The difference is they're just not getting paid. They're doing their nine to five and then they're putting in another 10 hours, 10 to 15 hours at the church. Right. Um, but they're just not getting paid for that. It's not a vocation for them. Cause it's not a, it's not a vocation they're not getting paid for it, but they're still serving that capacity. So for me, you know, I am getting paid for that, uh, for that time that I'm spending at the church, uh, uh, assisting and, and serving those around me. Uh, what's really important when considering bivocational ministry is there has to be an honest discussion up front between the church, like you and the church, and you and your current employer. There has to be a lot of grace right there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I am in a very unique and blessed position where um, my current employer completely understands. And is all for what I'm trying to do. You know, uh, it's it's my dad's company. Um, and he has since I was since I came to know the Lord and recognized that maybe God had a calling on my life. He saw that as well. And it always pushed me to pursue that calling that God has on me. And so part of that is he there's a lot of grace on his end um, that I'm doing stuff for the church as well. Uh, and I, I might miss a few things or I might stumble at it a couple times, but it's also for the church as well for them to know I got sometimes business meetings I got to make. I have business trips that I have to do. Um, and if I'm at the church and I get a phone call from an important client, I, I, I got to take that call. You know, I got so there has to be grace on both ends. There has to be an understanding on both sides um, th- to be able to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is great about it is first i think it keeps me grounded it keeps me grounded that uh i i am 
also with I'm with people outside of the church a lot of times and I'm able to kind of work with them and talk with them and, and share life with them and serve them in that way. Um, and so it's like sometimes, what do they say when you're too heavenly minded for any earthly good, right? Uh, it keeps me grounded to say, this is real life. This is real struggles. You know, this is what people are going through and, and being able to kind of talk with them and, um, and, and serve them at the workplace is really helpful for me um, to not be really judgmental. It's, that's the other part too, right? Is sometimes um, you were alluding to it before, Joe, that the church can really hound people and pound it on people. You better be serving, serve, 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 serve. And sometimes it's beyond their capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a position where I could see that. I could see that and recognize that and say, well, hold on, let's not push people. You know, let's not tax people like this. You know, some people, uh, people are working, people have family commitments. They're doing everything they can, and we're asking them to serve on top of that. Um, so how do we do that in a loving way that's still honoring to God and also honors the covenant that we've made among each other as, as a church to serve one another? Would you agree with this, Jim? Um, because I, I've talked to a lot of guys you know, in the midst of their bivocational ministry, and I've, I've seen this bear itself out, but you know, I'd like to hear what, if if how you think about this. Mm-hmm. What I've told men in the past, and at least what I've seen, is that bivocational ministry can be very, very good yep. for a minister, uh, for a, a church, especially a church plant. Um, but at some point, the demands of ministry will require more of the bivocational pastor than he can give in a bivocational sense. Mm-hmm. And that at some point, if the church is growing, he will likely have to transition out of that bivocational uh position to be fully uh, on staff at the church uh, unless other staff members are hired to make up that difference. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think that uh, it's a natural progression if that if you're asking more and more of the bivocational minister, um, it, it's taking time away from their other job. Otherwise, it's going to take time away from their family because that time has got to come somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're adding an extra five to 10 hours a week, you know, their their employer is not necessarily going to say, okay, go ahead and give up 10 hours. Uh, so, unfortunately, their family gets sacrificed. Right. And so you ha- there has to be a tipping point where you say, okay, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm all in. Um, thank you. You know, praise you. You know, I just want to praise God for, for the experiences that he's given me. I've learned a lot through that. And maybe God is calling me into another season where now I am moving into full-time vocation. Vocational ministry. Yeah, this whole idea of service really is, I mean, we've been talking a lot about it in the context of the local church, and we don't have to talk about it to motivate our people. Uh, That's, I don't even know how many of our people actually listen to this podcast. Um, Three. If there's our three, and that counting you and me? Uh, Yes. Okay. But uh, third's Pat. Because every, because like Jimmy said, over 90% of our people already serve. But we mm-hmm. do know that many churches do find it hard to get people organized and unified in, in serving together. And so we do want to encourage people to serve their local church, where mm-hmm. really the emphasis seems to rest in the New Testament passages, that you are supposed to serve one another. But it is broader than that. You know, the faith that God has given us, the new life that God has given us, gives birth to a heart that desires to serve, not just in the local church, but beyond it, Richard Baxter said this, We have greater work here to do than merely securing our own salvation. We are members of the world and the church, and we must labor to do good to many. 
We are trusted with our master's talents for his service in our places to do our best to propagate his truth and grace and church and to bring home souls and honor his cause and edify his flock and further the salvation of as many as we can. Mm-hmm. All this is to be done on earth if we will secure the end of all in heaven. And I like that. I, I, I like that, that idea that we should be about a life of service that reaches you know, into the church, through the church, beyond the church, to reach as many people as we can with works of mercy yeah. and words of mercy. You know, the, the demonstration of grace, but also the words of the gospel as well. So having a bigger picture, bigger idea of what your work is, your work at the local church is impacting the kingdom at large. Yep. And your work, uh, you know, as, as a representative of Christ, as an ambassador, as a witness, you know, in your relationship with your neighbors mm. uh, is, is kingdom work as well, as we are pointing them to the gospel, hopefully, yes, with words whenever possible, but at least always implicitly with the things that we do. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I would want to encourage people First and foremost, as we're looking at ourselves and serving, do you know what your spiritual gift is? And if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, then talk to the people who know you best. Ask them, yeah. what do you think my gift is? What, what do you think my, where, where are my talents? What, what am I good at? And how could I be most effective in ministering for the glory of God in the local church? And get out there and try. Just yeah. figure it out by trial and error. Jump in. If it don't work. Give it some time, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work, then move on to the next thing. Exactly. Talk to your pastors. Yep. Um, and if you've got good pastors, they're going to be eager to help you with this, um, and they'll find opportunities for you. So focus on what you believe your spiritual gift is. Try to figure it out. Talk to the people who know you best, and find joy in serving the Lord. It is, um, if you can take your eyes off of yourself— and, and not think, well, what about me? What am I getting out of this? It's not mm-hmm. about that. It's about serving the, the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, how can I best do that? And if you are stocking the fridge and putting together the elements for the Lord's Supper, or if you are hauling out the garbage, or if you're preaching on Sunday morning, all of it is done to the glory of God for the That's good right. of his people. Jim, with all of the um, Photoshopping that you've been doing lately, do you have time to read? Do I have time to read? Do you have time to read books? I read books. Do you read, read them? Well, I mean, I might, some books I'll, I'll read through, some books I might skim through. You know what you can do if you're too busy to read? <laughs> Look at that transition. It's pretty good. I, I was wondering, I'm like, where's he going with this? You know I, can't, what, I can't tell what he's about to do. Audible.com, baby. <laughs> oh <my goodness>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but I hear, though, Joe, that for listeners of Doctrine and Devotion, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to check out their service. Yes. So here's how it works. If, uh, if you go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine, that's our special page, audibletrial.com slash doctrine. If you go there, you can sign up. First 30 days is free. You can cancel any time within the 30 days uh, without getting charged. After that, it's like $14 a month. But uh, when you do that, you can download an audiobook for free. Even if you cancel, you get to keep that book. So I'm going to recommend uh, two books. One is really easy to read, and one is a little more challenging. These are available through Audible. Uh, one is so, but cre- you're not really reading it; you're listening. You get to listen to it if you got if you can get it. So in the it's car. not really. It's not that it's easy to read. Oh no, I mean it's easy to digest. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Easy to digest. You know, people it. that listen to the audiobooks, they say, "Oh, I read that book," and I'm not going to quibble over it if they listen to it rather than read it. It's all right. I'm cool. Some people aren't good at reading. 
They can listen, though. Mm. So uh, one is Creature of the Word, The Jesus-Centered Church by Matt Chandler. You can check that out. Uh, it's a good, solid book. But if you want to go a little, go a lot deeper, if you want to be really challenged, check out Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Every Christian should read Knowing God. It is a, a, a classic, a modern classic. It will uh, encourage you, strengthen you, and definitely listening to it might be the easiest way to be introduced to it if you haven't read it before. So check it out. Go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine for your free audio book. Jimmy, you want to do some mailbag? Let's do it. Yeah, Here we go. Man. I'm going to start off with you. Are you ready? Oh, really? What are you going to read? All right. This is from Anthony Carboni. Anthony Carboni. Anthony Carboni. He says, the subject, context, of no, SBC no, containing particular and general. Okay, go ahead and read it. Right, read it go. good. As a member of the PCA, I am familiar with the context of a denomination unilaterally subscribing to a Reformed confession, as an example, Westminster Divines, and all the churches being Reformed. Can you explain the context of how this plays out in the SBC, where some churches or members are Reformed and others are not Reformed, or in some cases, staunchly opposed? If you moved to a new town and could only choose between a non-reformed SBC and a PCA, how would you choose? I'm certainly not trying to trivialize, trivialize, trivialize baptism or soteriology, which seems to be the most discussed topics in my experience. Just genuinely curious. Thank you, and I'm greatly enjoying the podcast. And Jimmy Fofo, please keep it up. I appreciate your humor and your wisdom that you are bringing to the podcast. I want to thank you on behalf of all humanity. Of how much we all love you. Okay, that's uh, Anthony. Go ahead and uh, call Jimmy out. Uh, no, I got it right via, here. Via Twitter, I got it too. Um, so do I. You just all right, so, it. So let's, uh, let me explain this a little bit to people who may not know what we're talking about. PCA stands for the Presbyterian Church in America. It is one of the Presbyterian denominations. It is uh, one of the conservative ones, uh, yet it is, you know, they're, they're conf- they have a confessional identity, the Westminster Standards. Uh, but there still is a variety of flavors in the PCA in terms of you know temperament, personality, and things like that. Uh, I love the PCA, and many of my close friends are in the PCA. When he talks about the SBC, he's talking about the Southern Baptist Convention, mm-hmm. of which uh, we are a part here at Redeemer Fellowship. And uh, the SBC is united together uh, around these general purposes of mission and evangelism, And the unifying doctrinal statement that we embrace as a denomination is the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, or the BF&M, as I like to call it. And uh, (laughs) that's what I call it. So the BF&M 2000, uh, it's an okay statement of faith. It's not great. Some stuff in it I would... I can agree with it. I just don't know why it's in there. Um, I would reword things a little bit differently. But overall, yes, I think it's good. We affirm it. There's no drama there. And so everybody gets to play ball together as long as they can affirm the tenets in the BF&M. Now, it allows for people that are not thoroughly Reformed and people who are Reformed to, to coexist together. It really doesn't leave room for a full Arminian to be a part of the convention based on that doctrinal statement. But in general, it allows for people of various theological persuasions who are evangelical and Baptist to work together. The reason we're a part of the Southern Baptist Convention is because uh, we like working together with a lot of people. And uh, we're, we're happy to be a part of such a large denomination that is doing a lot of good things and a denomination that is continuing to reform. And I don't mean become reformed in its theology, yeah. though that is a pretty 
big reality. There's a, more and more Calvinists in our denomination all the time. But what I mean is, is that we have been able to identify our weaknesses and our sins and deal with them appropriately, I think, uh, at least progressively. And so we're, uh, we're, we're happy to be a part of it. So, yeah, Sorry, you, can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by that? Well, everything from uh, organizational inconsistencies and problems with the ways that we have handled uh, certain mission issues, uh, church planting issues. Okay. You know, we see our weaknesses and we say, we can do better. All right, Let's gotcha. figure this out. Or uh, our past concerning uh, slavery, mm. uh, identifying our own racism that has existed in our denomination. And we're not alone in that. But it's been good to see our denomination recognize these things and continue to move forward in a biblical direction. So I'm, I'm really excited to be a part of the SBC, though, yes, we are in uh, a segment of the denomination or the convention that is uh, very reformed. Mm -hmm. if, uh, if we were to move to a new city and I was looking for a church, I would not look for an SBC church. I would not look for a PCA church. I would look for a gospel preaching church. And yes, I'm looking fundamentally for a Reformed Baptist church. It may or may not be SBC. But if I couldn't find a Reformed Baptist church, I would find the next best thing, uh, which in my mind uh, would be any gospel-preaching church that is focused on expository preaching, has good community, uh, takes worship very seriously. Uh, I, I wouldn't have a problem spending time at, the, at a PCA church if that was the only option. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm pretty flexible in that. I would, I would just want to belong to a church where the gospel is at the front, where expository sermons are the norm, and where the community is robust. So that's sort of where I'm at on that. And, uh, but I also, if, listen, if, if there's a really good church 45 minutes away and the rest of the churches close to me are not good, they're just not healthy, I'm driving the 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah, of course. I'm going to do whatever it takes. All right, Jimmy, so I'm going to read one from uh, Shane Soden. Mm -hmm. It's called, the uh, subject is Great Theology, but br Bad... Uh, his email. What, what's his email? Sasodin? Uh, Sasodin, but it's at briarcrest.ca. What's that? Briarcrest is a Christian college up in Canada. So this guy's, this guy's hailing from Canada? Canada. All right. He is from Canada. I know of that school. I did a couple things. You went there? No, I didn't go there. Oh, I'm just okay. saying I did a couple things. They might not have accepted my application. Whatever. Oh, knows? well. All Let's right. just say whatever. That's, uh, that's on them, man. That's yeah. their loss. Yeah, that's their loss. Okay, so here's his email. Uh, hey, guys. Love the podcast. Each one gets better and better. Your latest episode on repentance hit me hard. Thank you. Time to dig into some Thomas Watson and pray. I appreciated your vulnerability on repentance. Please keep it up. My question is what to do with theologians slash pastors who are great writers but seemed to fall way short in practicing what they preach in their lives. The example has bothered me for a while, uh, A.W. Tozer. I know we are all messed up and sinners. I have heard many people praise Tozer's books as classics and must-reads. I'm sure they are. I have read that Tozer had an awful relationship with his wife and kids, and because of it, none of them were Christians, because of their negative relationship with their father-husband. How can someone write so powerfully and seem to be so close to God yet fail so miserably as a father and husband. Maybe I just need to get over it, but I can't bring myself to read his books because I don't want to read someone who didn't, quote, practice what they preach, end quote. Thanks so much for the podcast. I think it is great and extremely helpful. Yeah, I mean, I think first that last part there, um, I don't want to read someone who didn't practice what they preach. Uh, then I would also say I don't want to, I, I can't go to church. Like I can never sit under uh, the preaching of the word of God in any congregation uh, because 
at to one degree or another, I think every minister falls short. We you preach know? higher than what we do. Exactly. We preach the standard of Scripture. That's right. Not our current practice. That's the important part. And I think it needs to be coupled, though, with while we're preaching that God standard, we need to be also talking about our failure and then discussing how the go- we need to discuss the gospel in that. Yeah. Right? And so I guess yeah, now maybe I'm not trying to backtrack into our preaching episode, but um, I think we need to recognize that. And mm-hmm. I think you do recognize that, Shane. I, I appreciate that. Uh, and yeah, I think it's hard. There's, there's, uh, I think of even today some authors that of well-known churches there whose books have, have impacted me, mm-hmm. uh, uh, have impacted me, um, as I've been growing in my faith. Do I just burn their books? Do I just throw them all out? Right. Do I just get rid of all these things? Um, and I think there's there's some there's a reality here. I think we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And right. I think we need to recognize that people are going to struggle. And I think that should be an encouragement to you as a minister that um, that someone could be faithful in preaching the word of God and yet struggle in their own walk because that's going to be your that's going to be your experience. I, yeah. I mean, your experience is going to be preaching this this the word of God yet knowing deep down your struggle uh, in in maintaining that, right. uh, maintaining this communion with God, but yet your hope is that you don't have to, that Jesus did it for you, right? Yeah, I think that's that's a central idea that we need to keep in mind here when we're reading other people. And and I, and I get I get the frustration, Shane, when mm-hmm. you're you feel really let down by someone who fails in a catastrophic manner, uh, in a very public manner. Um, and, in, and it really kind of outs themselves to be not just uh, a sinner, yeah. but someone who has proven to be completely unfaithful to their spouse or the church or whatever. And I, I understand the temptation. To, I'm going to throw out these books and, and all of that. Or I'm not going to read these books. Right. And I, I understand that. And maybe, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe someone shouldn't if they're, if they're really bothered by it in the moment. You know, yes. Things take time. We've got to figure this stuff out. But truth is truth. And what is biblical is right. And even, you know, the old saying, God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. So we should be... Um, I've never heard that saying. Yeah. God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. He, he uses uh, bent, wayward, sinful men to preach truth that is pure and good. Mm. So we need to receive that uh, when we can. And um, while at the same time, you know, encourage people to, um, to do better. To repent, you know, the gospel does overcome all of our failures, but it also empowers us to grow in godliness. And so, we want to be seeing that. When you're talking about A.W. Tozer, I don't know his background. I like a couple of his books quite a bit, um, but I've only read a few. Um, uh, I would, I would just be careful uh, when we start to think about, you know, someone's life. Um, God has used men who have completely, yeah, blown their. Um, their marriage apart historically, and you're talking church history when you're looking at some of the big dogs that we admire, uh, they were not very present and good husbands in many ways. Uh, so I think we need to understand that, see that, learn from that. But at the same time, you know, this idea that Tozer's kids didn't become Christians because he was jacked up is bad theology. Um, I'm a jacked up father. Yeah. And two of my kids so far have very clearly trusted the Lord. The other two are young and I'm prayerfully confident that uh, that they will believe as well. And if it does depend upon how good of a father I am, then my kids are doomed. 
I uh, now not that there isn't an impact, not that there aren't implications, not that we don't reap what we sow, but um, ultimately, I would want to show grace. Uh, I know men that have loved and catechized their children, were very good husbands, and their children do not follow the Lord. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a one-for-one kind of equation. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, it's it's hard. It hurts. You know, we've all been let down by people, and we've let down other people. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's learn from everybody that we can, and stay humble, and uh, pray and, that and extend grace. Yeah. You know, extend grace uh, because you might become one of those one of those ministers as well, right? Sure. And so you know, uh, extend grace and pray, pray that you will have brothers and sisters around you mm-hmm. that will confront you in your sin. Right. That will confront you and say, hey, man, you're saying this. Your lifestyle is this. There's a difference between, you know, uh, stumbling and, and falling and blatantly ignoring the mm-hmm. word of God. Yeah. Uh, and if you find yourself in that position, you know, hopefully you've got people around you that you trust, that know you, that you're close to, that can uh, call you to repentance. Mm. That's good. That's good. Hey man, you want to recommend any podcasts? Because yeah. we only got we do two a week. So there's there's like I don't know, there's like that's like half of the days of the week, right? It's about fifty percent. It's not fifty percent. It's not that's it's, not how it works. Well how many so, days are there in the week? There are seven days in a week. So two that's that's like four that's about half, yeah. Well no we're not gonna do four are no, you we're do two. We're gonna we do, do two a week. It's like half. That's half a week. I don't think there's I don't think there's enough podcasts out there that I like to recommend two each episode. No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, okay, good. I thought you were trying to do two each episode because you did that before. You did two episodes. No, what I'm saying is, is like we only can cover so many days in a week. Gotcha. All right, well, I'm going to choose the one. Okay, so, so you, what, 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 what Apologia podcast? Radio. Apologia Radio. Yep. That's all you're going to say? That's all I'm going to say. Well, what about it? What's, is it good? It's good. It's it's a bit longer than than most it's podcasts. It's like three hours long. It's an hour uh, it's and like 20 three minutes. three hours and 20 minutes long. <laughs> it's an hour <laughs> and 20 minutes. But yeah, they, they, they go deep. Uh, they have a great time on it. Smart dudes. They're, some, they're, they're very intelligent. It's very logical, but it's also very informative, very helpful. Uh, and it, I think also it helps for me, uh, my, my own worldview. Right. My own worldview uh, has shifted, and it also helps me to understand how I am uh, interpreting things around me in a better way. Cool. So there's one. You can add that to your uh, weekly podcast listens. And, you know, you can uh, – so we do two a week, so you've got those. If you're new to Apologia, they've got a whole bank of mm-hmm. podcasts, so you can start downloading a bunch of their stuff and weave them into your, your commute, your drive, your walk through the woods or whatever, and, uh, and keep learning and growing. Uh, we want to uh, give a big shout out and thanks to Justin Bond of J Bond Media. J Bond! He is uh, our engineer and editor. He makes us sound good. I wish he could make us look good. That would be even better. I think he wants but to so That's bad. why we don't do video podcasts. He wants he's to. He's trying to get us to do video he podcasts. He's trying to get us to talk as a happen. I don't know, but when we go to Portland, I think he's got a camera. He wants to do something. Yeah. Well, I need, we need some filters. <laughs> Can I have a skinny filter? <laughs> <Can> we- <laughs> Can I get a tall filter? Uh, J-Bond Media, man. J-Bond will, will hook you up with uh, video, photo, audio, all that stuff. So if you're if you're janky podcast, you want to step it up, talk to J-Bond, uh, and uh, they will take care of you. Jimmy, if they want to help us out here at uh, D&D, what can they do? Well, first and foremost, if you head over to our webpage, uh, at the top there's a banner there that says Shop at Amazon. It would be a huge help to us if you click through right there and did any of your purchases. It doesn't add uh, anything to you, to your cost, but 
it helps us out. It get we get a little percentage of that to help recoup some of the costs that we have, uh, you know, in this equipment and and you know we to just, be able to we host. Just, we just bought these arms. These arms are great. They are though. really awesome. No, they the are well arms. worth the investment. So, we so got, yeah, you could do that. that. Also, while you're at the web page, uh, you can click on the contact us page. Where there you can fill out a form. You can go ahead and send us your your podcast ideas, your thoughts, your suggestions, your critiques, your concerns. I want you to know we take them very seriously. We uh, we read them. We get a lot every day. Oh, time. Uh, and we want to thank you guys for your encouragement and for your suggestions. You can leave a review at iTunes. Head on over to iTunes. Uh, we got like 180 reviews now or something. 189. Dang. I checked. I checked earlier today. Uh, 189 reviews. Um, thank you. That's just that's that's a that's it's humbling. More, that's humbling, but it's also more than some other podcasts that have been around for a few years. I'm not gonna name them. <laughs> I'm not gonna name them. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, I know what I'm talking about, but I'm not gonna name them. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Doc and Devo. We've got a Facebook page that you can like, and uh, you know what we don't have? We don't have a big Facebook group that you can all join and chat in because uh, you people get crazy in those things. So we're not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing we're not doing this whole thing where we have a big discussion thing. We got to have a bunch of admins. That's no, too much work. We're not doing. It. If you did, then you'd have to like say no posting on the Sabbath or something. Oh yeah, that natural. Obviously, obviously, that's the only way you could uh, be a real Christian is if you don't post on a Sunday. As, please tell a friend if you like this podcast, then spread the word. Uh, share it, uh, recommend it, whatever you got to do. Uh, we uh, would really appreciate it. These are dropping every Monday and Thursday, so uh, check your feed regularly, and uh, we'll keep bringing you the fun stuff. Later. Later.